So this is uh, Robin's podcast, first episode, first season. Brought season to you one. Down home at the office, on the old bench, in the uh, training room. Today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, maintenance and what maintenance does for a homeowner and for a business owner. And uh, have Skyler here with us, our install manager, Drew, our service manager. Howdy. Steve, uh, the owner of Robin's Heating and Air Conditioning. And then myself, who's a sales manager, I'm Richard. We're going to start out with an icebreaker. Icebreaker. If you could pick any idol or hero in your life to spend the day with, which one would it be and why? Start with Drew. Start with me. Um, this is a tough one. Um, I think for me, you're thinking about it, very much growing up, I was very, very involved in sports and have always been a fan of the underdog. And so, I don't know if you ever heard of Josh Hamilton, um, baseball <laughs> player, outfielder? No. no, nothing? Okay. So, long story short, in 1999, the dude was the number one overall draft pick um, in the draft, outfielder. Dude was legit. Um, played about three seasons in the minors. <clears throat> um, he battled some issues with injuries and stuff like that. And I think it was that third season or so in the minors, um, he had a season-ending injury. And in between those stints, he kind of dabbled in drugs and stuff like that. But long story short, um, after that season-ending injury, he went completely off the deep end and got kicked out of the league because he failed the substance policy the whole nine and just completely fell into drugs addiction and the whole nine and one day he woke up um, after an all-night bender type deal and woke up on his grandmother's porch step no clue how he got there nothing Um, and it was in that moment he had with his grandma he had that reflection and realized he needed to change his life he had nothing going for him. He had nothing, anything going for him at that point. And at that point, he turned his life around and he found Jesus with the help of his grandma. And within the next two or three years, he was able to get clean. And then within two seasons of getting back to eligible uh, for the MLBs, he was the AL MVP. He was the Home Run Derby. I think he won the Home Run Derby championship. Um, one of the most exciting home run derbies in general in MLB history um, and completely turned his life around. And so for me, I think I'd like to sit down and talk to him and see how that went and how he found that inner peace and how he found that strength to get and overcome that huge hurdle of addiction like that, right? Because it doesn't necessarily mean you have to struggle with addiction with substance or anything like that. We all struggle with something, but to have that kind of strength and um, confidence to be able to fall onto Jesus and stuff like that is something that I admire because, you know, I'd like to always get closer and do stuff like that, but how he did it and turned his whole life around and has changed a whole bunch of people's lives in a positive way is pretty impressive. I'd like to hear exactly how that happened and what did for him. So I'd have to choose him. Steve, cool. what about you? So I don't think mine's necessarily a, uh, a person, it's a time. I like to go back to 1776. That seems like a good time. <laughs> right? I, if you look at the times there, right, it was just a, a bunch of people that were, they felt that they were not being treated right by, by their, their government or their rulers. And just knowing that uh, what they were doing, if they were not successful, they were going to be killed. And I think the, the fact the bravery that those guys had and just knowing that you know, it was all in. There was no, hey, you know, just kidding. I was really don't want to do this. But they knew that as soon as they signed those tickets, it was a death sentence if they lost. And so, you know, I kind of I kind of like that. And I like that era and the history that comes with that. And I obviously love our country, right? <laughs> and I love what, what came out of that and what, uh, what they built. And it's still standing today. And a lot of governments have been built after that. And after that model... And a lot of people love that freedom that comes with it. So the founding fathers probably would be the guys that I'd want to hang out with for a little bit and figure out what what it was that drove them to go all in. Hmm. This might oh. sound really ignorant, but what do you think, like, if any, HVAC was like then? 
Like, was there anything at all? Like they just got some ice like, cubes like, and blew some air yeah, across yeah, it. Yeah, you know, it's so, <laughs> it's so fire, hot. Firewood. As as, yeah, as soon as you said that, I was all. I wonder, like, if it, I mean, if anything, like, even the super. Now you read people, the book, you know? right? They're sitting there in Philadelphia in that, that meeting, and it's July, and it's hot, oh, sweating because they wear those long, oh, yeah, and the, yeah wigs. and the wigs. Yeah, oh, can with, with whatever this thing is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that thing, thing. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. No, no, that'd be miserable. Skyler, well, about you? he told a sob story. You went back in time. I think uh, I'd probably have to go with uh, Inky Johnson. You might know who that is. I, a lot of people don't, but he's uh, he's a motivational speaker now. But um, he uh, he's a guy that he used to play for Tennessee um, and uh, back in the early two thousands, I think. But now he's a, he's a motivational speaker. But he had a career ending injury on the field, um, something similar. Except he's um, his entire I think it's his right arm can't he still can't move it it doesn't move anything at all but he just talks about how his time to that and how he kind of persevered to that and and his life um he speaks a lot about his life before he got there um he was a you know gonna be a awesome draft pick you know first round draft pick the whole nine and then uh how his entire life changed in in a flash you know i mean it's it's crazy mm-hmm. to have someone experience that someone who's now paralyzed you know and how the how they get to that i think um had anything in my life, you know, my, my mom is paralyzed now. So it's people that, that deal with a bam. And now your whole life is different. You were about to make millions and millions of dollars. Now you're not going to do anything and you got to figure out how you're going to pick yourself up and, and get back, uh, get back on track to where you're going. So, um, I think it'd be cool to hang out with somebody super positive that has the kind of similar to you, the, the strength and the will to be able to, you know, step up and, 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 you know, who cares what happened to you? Who cares mm-hmm. what's got you down? It doesn't matter. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. Let's uh, let's keep moving and keep going. So I feel like that'd be, that'd be really cool to kind of get his insight on life. So That's yeah. awesome. I think uh, I thought about a few different people. I didn't think of a time, but I thought of a few different people. And uh, one that comes to mind is Chris Ledoux. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I always wanted to go to a Chris Ledoux concert before he died. But if you look at some of his backstory he tells some stories about when he was first getting into rodeo and how they would uh, be down on their luck, not winning, and uh, they'd literally show up to cafes and eat food off of people's plate that they left behind because they didn't have any money. Yeah. But he just kept chasing that dream. And then he talks somewhat about he was never as gifted as some of these athletes are, but he worked really hard for what he did. And everybody talked about Chris Ledoux's writing style and how it was just wild and out of control, but he just held on and gritted it out. And I think that's a little bit about my life. I don't feel, feel like I've ever been real gifted at one certain thing, but as far as that goes, just, just grit and determination can get you a long way. So mm-hmm. just to see that mindset of somebody who's positive all the time, keeps chasing their dreams and, and looks for that opportunity to, to win and succeed with what they've been given. Or even when you think about it, just the different situations we've each talked about, how, like Skylar said, a change in your life, you got to find a different thing to fight for. You know, something always, you never know what life's going to give you, mm-hmm. but don't ever stop fighting. It might not go the direction you want it to, but each one of us stories, someone's fighting for something. It might not always been the plan you wanted, but it's always, you always got to find something to fight for. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move into some stuff about business. Uh, Steve, as, a, as an owner of the company, if you could switch roles with anybody else in the company for a week, who would it be and why? Does that mean that they'd have to do what I do? Yep. <laughs> he did say switch no. roles. Switch. Jojo. Um, Ten bucks is not you or me. I know. I'll be 100% honest. I'm not very good at the office stuff, so it wouldn't be an office person. Um <laughs> And I really, I really enjoy service and install, right? And I had the ability to be able to do, to do both of them. Some people are, are good at one or the other. Um, and to be honest with you, I, I'd, I'd like to switch roles with a service tech. And, and it just, I, I enjoy that challenge, the, the idea of solving problems and being able to fix stuff, and especially stuff that nobody else can fix. Um, so I think I think at the end of the day I would, I would like to pick one of those service techs to do what I do. <laughs> um, but to be honest with you, I, I think the service realm um, really kind of fulfills my desire to find 
detailed problems and fix those. Drew, what about you? Um, for a week, honestly, I think surprisingly I would switch with, cause it's something new. I would switch with an installer to be able to see the different side. Cause being on the service, um, for the most part, my entire time here at Robbins has been on the service side. Um, so learning through trial and error and, you know, all the stuff I put Steve through, for eight and a half years at this point. <clears throat> um, for me, it would be, I'd, I'd switch to install because, you know, it gives you, it'd be able to give me a little bit better of a full rounded perspective to see what exactly an installer goes through day in and day out, right? It's only for a week, but nonetheless, I think it'd be, it'd be, it'd be fun. It'd be hard, challenging. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I definitely would soak up the knowledge to be able to see what Skylar and his guys go through on a daily basis. I think that'd be That'd be fun, and then they'd get uh, sit and do what I do. That'd be I'd, I'm gonna put a video camera <laughs> and and go through and switch phones and let them go through that. But yeah, I give Skylar a hard time enough, right? We have our inside jokes and stuff, but all reality, I'd like to see what they get a taste of. That'd be good. Mine would definitely be a comfort advisor. I don't, know. About, yeah, I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know if I can sell something. I mean, I know enough about it where I feel like I could, but just because, I mean, just because you know about a car, don't mean you could sell a car. HVAC is awful. I mean, it's a lot different, right? People spend a lot more time in their homes than they do their vehicles, but I feel like that would be a fun challenge, definitely. And please let Hunter come into my, <laughs> be the install manager and let him make some decisions. So, um, Maybe the guys would appreciate me more, or they might hate me. He might do a hell of a job, and they might not like me. So, <laughs> yeah. After, after this it. morning, your department may be a, a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> Give Hunter some skills and yeah. leadership. There. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, he did a great job. Yeah, I thought he did too. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, who? What would I do? Let's see. I'd probably switch. I'd probably switch with the duct cleaning technician just to go see what that's all about. And I don't know, there's something humbling in that just to, just to put everything on, you know, not have to worry about anything, just get to go out, you know, do my job, be a rock star at it and get to know the customer real well. And I don't know, just something about that. That's kind of, that's a really good point. Sorry to interrupt you that I don't know when the last time I had like a clear mind was, you know, that you weren't worried about something Something else. If you sit there and think about that now, I mean, it's like, Man, just to have a simple task, you don't have to worry about anything else. All you got to do is answer your phone, go to the deal, go to the thing, you know, get, make the phone call, show up when you're supposed to. Man, this is this is nice, you know, not saying their job is easy but by any means, but it'd be nice to have a, a clear conscience for once, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't have to worry about your phone ringing a thousand times. What's Richard calling for? Why is Drew calling? What's he doing? You know, that's, it's, that's weird to think about now, you know. Yeah. All right. So all speaking things. of uh, all the things. <laughs> speaking of just different roles in the company, um, we've all had them, the nightmare jobs or the situations that could have been prevented by a lack of maintenance. You guys have anything that comes to mind as far as just, you know, you show up at the job and it's just a total nightmare. The, the equipment's in shambles, the customer's upset because it's not running, and it all could have been fixed just because of one simple thing. Anything you guys can think of experiences there? I have a perfect one. Uh, just recently, the the um, the uh, the pool room incident. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. um, didn't have any type of any type of fresh air makeup, no type of makeup air, no type of exhaust or anything. A six year old furnace is completely rusted out, or a six month old furnace is completely rusted out. There's no filter because they. The maintenance guy took the filter out because it was hammered and and soaking wet you know all the you know all the ceiling tiles that were brand new put in you know it it not only ruined the hvac side of thing it ruined the entire the entire project so you know control boards got rust on it gas pipe all brand new gas lines got it's all rusted just for you know just simple lack of maintenance at that you know not understanding what uh, the chlorine and stuff will do to that is just it, it even kind of blew my mind how fast it happened, you know. 
when I walked in and seen it and seen that transformer all rusted and I was all, holy crap, like I'm the one that installed it. So I was all, I can't believe it. I just installed this a couple months ago. So that was pretty crazy. And then of course, right when I took the door off, my first question was, where's the filter? Like, where did the filter go? He I said, know I, I put one in. Yeah. He yeah. said, I, I took it out. It was all, it was all wet. <laughs> all wet. I said, you have to put another one in there, brother. You got, at I least mean, you air can, that one out and put it back. Man, or, or do something. Yeah. Anything that, you know, to stop all that debris from going inside your system. So. Yeah. I think it's uh, just a phone call goes a long ways, right? He's the, the maintenance guy and not maintaining the system. But if something's wrong, <laughs> like, let somebody know about it. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, on the service side, we see, we see a lot of that, right? You see a lot of homes we go into on a daily basis where something as simple as people don't even realize there's a filter in their home. You know what I mean? Where yeah. you mean this has a filter? How long you been here? About six years. Yeah, you pull that. it out. It looks like a Christmas sweater. <laughs> yeah, it's just completely <laughs> hammered. And to be honest with some of that stuff, it's it's impressive. It ran as long as it did, yeah. and how hammered it was. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's it's you know the service side. We try to make sure at the end of the call, the customer knows more about their system than when we arrived. You know, so that's one of our main goals when we go out there. Is is hey, here's where your filters are. Here's the importance of the filters, and you know at the end of the call typically well how often are we supposed to change it well it depends on where it's located on the floor right you're going to want to have it a little bit changed a little more frequently especially if you got dogs at shed and all that other stuff but it's 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 crazy to see how how something as simple as a filter can be so destructive to a heating and air system you know it's 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 impressive a ten dollar filter can save you thousands in the end you know yeah and realistically when we when we look at that it's very heartbreaking when you go in and it's a five-year-old system and you and you're pretty much at the point of you got to condemn it right we've got mm -hmm. a busted compressor that's uh, been flooded back to and you gotta let the customer know you know that because we didn't change those filters or you know the lack of maintenance mm -hmm. is, is due to this high ticket repair and they're like, man, I could have prevented that. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's a that's a tough thing. Yeah. You know, especially it's 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 something that we we think of because we do it all the time, right? But your 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 average homeowner is not educated to to something that that's in their own home that's filtering air throughout their house all the time. So it's it's just kind of a weird dynamic of we think it's why didn't you do that, right? And they were just never informed on it. Mm -hmm. Had no mm -hmm. idea. Somebody came in and put it in, and or they moved in. Yeah. And, and, you know, it just, I, I guess the heat worked when I moved in. <laughs> yeah. you know? Inspector gave it the old yeah. thumbs up. Yeah, it's it a good time. Go. Oh. Yeah, I even find at my own house the filter gets dirty. Oh, yeah. Oh, shoot, I need to change that, right? But mm -hmm. we have the, the knowledge and the know-how of how often that should be done and realizing we're behind schedule. And I just being an average homeowner who's not in the industry, you could see where that just kind of goes out the wayside. And, you know, they, oh, yeah, I need to change that filter. You got a thousand things going on. So if the HVAC guy can forget his filter and he's changed, the home average homeowner probably even more so. Guaranteed. Yeah. Especially when it's not on the forefront. Yeah. Kids screaming. Oh, see. That's it was at my house home. That was your house. house. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. There's eight of them. Yeah. So let's let's take ourselves out of our shoes as professionals for a minute and think about how people view their heating and air system. Just a broad general question. How how do you think that's perceived? Like you're going to go in, you're going to buy a house, or you've lived there for five years. How do you view your heating and cooling system? Us personally, or? No, it's step out of your shoes as a professional and into the shoes of just an average homeowner. You know, what, what's your view on your heating and cooling system? I think just from some of the customers that we get calls in, they just moved in and they have no idea. They don't understand SEER ratings. They don't understand efficiencies or anything. So they just moved into the home and they just see their it passed inspection. So, you know, I don't think someone in general has no idea as far as how efficient or not efficient their equipment is, or even the, the state of the condition of it, you know? So I think most of it is, as long as it turns on and it heats and it cools, it doesn't, doesn't matter. And that at the, in the end, that's, I think most people potentially look at what the kitchen looks like, what the bathrooms are, you know, I think the heating and air, as long as it turns on and off is on the end of the end of the 
the bus, if you will, mm-hmm. in the back of the bus for mind. mind. I think you're kind of at a good point. What I would say about it is, is people don't, right? They, they don't think about it until it doesn't work. And then it's like, hey, I, hold on a minute. So, <laughs> there's something going on here, and I'm not quite sure what it is. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with that. Before I started doing this, I didn't pay no attention to my furnace. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, be honest with you, I think I was, I think I didn't have a filter in my old house for, <laughs> you know, as long as I lived there three or four years. So I don't, I don't think I ever, I still don't know if there ever was a filter. If there was, it was in there. I don't think I ever changed it. So, um, it's just, it, it'll go to show you like just a, a little bit of education on someone will just make a huge difference, you know, like, Hey, all you gotta do is just change this filter, you know, here and there, make sure this is clean, make sure this is taken care of, you know, get this checked out. Makes a, makes a world of difference on spending thousands and thousands of dollars at the end of the day. So. Yeah. For me, I think it, it's very hard for me to step out of that. Right. I've been doing this for 25 years. That's more than half my life. So it's one of those things for me, it's hard to step out. But I, if I look at right when i when i started into this industry i had no idea what hvac was right and there was a thermostat on the wall in our house growing up but you didn't touch that right i mean there, <laughs> there was a whooping that come from yeah. touching that thing right and, and we we never used the furnace we we had a fireplace and we had coal and we burned coal and, and so that was our heat right and so for me moving into an industry that we really didn't touch. You know, every now and then my dad would go up on the roof and, and jack with the with the air conditioner. Well, I didn't know. It was a swamp cooler, right? An evaporative cooler. I didn't know what that was. <laughs> and so, you know, it's just kind of interesting. I think a lot of uh, a lot of people don't don't really look at that. You know, I've got a brother-in-law that's from Oklahoma, and he moved here. Oklahoma's pretty humid, right? They, they All they had was refrigerated air. He bought a big old nice house that had a swamp cooler on it, and the guy died. He's just like, this is ridiculous. I don't know why anybody ever thought that this would work. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, and so, you know, I I think moving in or or buying or purchasing a house, it's not on the forefront. It's, you know, do I have enough room for my kids? You know, does it have the TV room? Does it have whatever it is that they may be looking for? Um, But at the end of the day, the, the heating and air conditioning system is something that's overlooked way too often as far as age and what it is and am i going to be comfortable with this three hundred thousand dollar purchase or whatever it may be so yeah i think i look at that as far as uh same thing been in the industry for a little bit so it's hard to think about that outside because we talk about it day in and day out but we know what new features are in the next ford truck we know what new features are in the next tv we're going to buy you know those are advertised they're marketed we see them they're in our face but People don't realize what heating and air conditioning has to offer. You know, it's just a box to most people that blows hot and cold, and when it doesn't work, I'm going to let somebody know about it. Mm-hmm. The other thing I think is, you know, you really don't understand what goes into it to to make it run properly, to keep its efficiency up, to allow things to work like they should. I, I never did. You know, I just knew if it gets, if it gets cold in the house, we... <clears throat> adjust the thermostat or ask dad if we can and and then at that point better ask um, yeah yeah we got always, always gotta ask but uh as far as that goes you know i just it's just crazy because it's in a crossway it's in an attic it's on a roof well think about it it's, mm-hmm. it's out of sight out of mind and and there's a lot of cool things now being in the industry i think that uh, people don't realize their heating and cooling system could do for them if they allowed you know that to happen if they were interested in it as much as the next new vehicle that was coming out and stuff like that so um and then i think lastly i was going to say how expensive they are i never i never you know grew up realizing how much a furnace replacement would cost me right or how much a heating and cooling combination system would cost me and so knowing how expensive those systems are and how well that needs to be maintained so that that is not a earlier surprise expense is is super important along with that so i was going to flip that question um as pros um how would we recommend they view it differently if you could pick one tip or one thing of how you see a heating and cooling system and convey that to a homeowner what would you say to them i think i think for me i mean if you're talking just one thing like if you can choose one thing to like to tell them about maintenance it i guess um just change your filter <laughs> i mean out of anything that that's literally you know probably 50 percent of the problem um most of the time hey that thing hasn't been changed in years i don't understand how it's still running but at this point but um but 
and just make people more conscientious. Like if your house, you have no secondary heat, like you have no heat. If you don't, if you don't take care of this and you, and you don't do what you need to do to keep this thing up and running and try to do some maintenance on it, then it's not, I mean, you want your car to run and drive. So you go get the oil change and you check the air filter and you do things to that. So why would you not do the same for your house? I guess it's the HVAC system in a car analogy always fits well for me because one, this is what I do for a living. And two, I know a little bit about cars too as well. So, so it, it always, it always fits hand in hand for me. So I'd have to. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Skylar. I think it's one of those is putting it a precedence or a forefront of how important your heating and air system is. Most people put it as a priority when it's broke. You know what I mean? No, I need to have this now, especially in during the heating season. You know, you got to worry about your pipes freezing, stuff like that. But, you know, um, again, like Skylar said, I think I always try to relate stuff to cars because everybody wants to make sure their car runs and um, – get as good gas mileage as you can and the whole nine. And it's a simple, something as simple as changing your filter um, is like an oil change for your, you know what I mean? For your system, basically. So, you know, especially with customers, I try to inform them that you need to put just as much of an emphasis on your heating and air as a priority as you do your vehicle. Um, just because inevitably it, it's, it's funny Inevitably, that system usually breaks when you've got family coming in out of town or it's coming up on a holiday or something like that. It's the most inopportune time is when something always seems to break. Um, so to prevent that, I think that's that's just, just changing a mindset and seeing if you can put it as a priority. And Drew, on that, you know, being in the service department, do you know what the percentage figure is of our customers that are on our maintenance plan of how often they have a failure? I want to say it's less than 5%. Yeah, yeah I think last time we looked at it, about 4%. 4%. Mm-hmm. Yep. So 4% of the time something breaks. And, you know, and again, it's just due to make due to the routine maintenance. I mean, we're able to catch, like Steve said earlier, you know, you've got a compressor and it's the heart of your refrigeration system. It, it's, it's not cheap, you know what I mean? And something as simple as, simple as a filter can literally kill a compressor. So by us doing the maintenance and in anything in general like that, we catch little things to be able to help prevent those big ticket items, you know? So, yeah. yeah I think for me, you know, a lot of people, the thing that they see is the thermostat, right? And so I'm the coolest, awesomest thermostat, right? And then I can hook up on my phone and I can, it tells when I'm coming home and it's going to turn it on for me. <laughs> right. I mean, so that's actually something they can handle. They can, they can put in their hands they can touch, right. The rest of the system, they can't, right. They can, they can open their uh, garage and see their furnace or uh, mechanical closet door, open it and see it, but it's not something that they play with. But for me, I'm an airflow guy, right. So if I'm going to, we, you know, a lot of people get hung up on efficiency and how efficient is that thing? I mean, you can have the most efficient furnace and, most efficient AC system, but if you've got trash for ductwork, your efficiency is trashed, right? And so if you've got the proper duct system that's already installed in the home, upgrading to a higher efficiency furnace is, is much easier because if we if we do go put that high efficient stuff in there, we're going to have to address that ductwork, you know, adding that extra ticket to it. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm, I'm all about that airflow. We keep talking about filters and filters definitely have to do with airflow, but a system is not that thermostat system is not the furnace or the air conditioning system it's all that stuff with the ductwork all working together that's a complete system yeah Mm -hmm. a lot of people you know i I see a lot of speaking of horror stories of you know customers well i invested in this new system you know a few years ago or whatever and xyz company came in and installed that for me and and uh you know if i had issues with it from day one but really realizing that there's more components to your system than just that the box just the box just the mm-hmm. thermostat you know there's it all plays a big factor so those vents in your ceiling or your floor play a major factor in that yeah yeah i mean we can go slap the same furnace in mm-hmm. or we can leave that existing furnace that they had that they're so frustrated that it keeps breaking and address the ductwork system and it works phenomenal yeah so it's, it's pretty interesting how that works yeah um so now, now stepping, we'll step back and forth here for the next couple of questions as far as pros to homeowners. So as a homeowner, um, what benefits will I gain being on your maintenance program? 
Well, there's a lot. I mean, realistically, with being on the maintenance program, we're able to, like I said before, we're able to catch some of those little capacitors or little things that can prevent major failures. But ultimately, it's the benefit is is less downtime and realistically, barring like Steve said, your ductwork, stuff like that. Um, but we're able to extend the life of the equipment. You know, you again, if you refer back to a vehicle, someone who gets the oil changed every X amount of miles gets, you know, all these little steps that the manufacturer recommends for the most part, you know, those vehicles are the ones that are on the road running a lot better with less problems. It's the same concept with your, with your heating and air conditioning system. You know, you get less downtime, more efficiency. Um, and again, it, when grandma's coming into town from, from way back, it's been years and she shows up and your furnace goes down. You know what I mean? It's, that's a huge stress. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying we can prevent everything, but realistically we can definitely help prevent some of the stuff that we can see in advance with still, you know, doing regular routine maintenance for sure. And I always hit that pretty hard with customers, you know, as far as just pointing out the fact that it's not preventative maintenance. Nobody with a mechanical piece of equipment can prevent a hundred percent of something mm -hmm. from happening, but we can minimize it, right? It's absolutely, it's kind of a minimizing your risk is what absolutely. it is of a, of a failure. You know, every, every new car can have a problem too, but having that routine maintenance done can address that. Yeah. So, well, changing the oil doesn't keep you deep from getting a flat tire, you know. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's checking your tire pressure doesn't even keep you from getting a flat tire. So mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it's hard. You hit the wrong pothole or just freak deals, you know, tire comes apart. You never, I mean, like you said, mechanical is mechanical. So it's kind of hard to call it preventable. I, I kind of, that's, uh, I was glad you said that because that was what I was going to say next about just explaining to the customer, like, yeah, it's not preventable. Nothing's preventable, but we can't see the future, but we can definitely catch some problems. That's for yeah, sure. Planned so. maintenance, baby. Mm -hmm. Planned maintenance. You know, for me, I think it's one of those deals as far as a customer being on, on our, our plans is life happens, right? Stuff Stuff goes on, and next thing you know, it's Christmas again. We just had it, right? And a lot of stuff goes on. You know, I think one of the major benefits is we, we call our customers and remind them, hey, it's time. It's time for your maintenance, right? I wouldn't do it. I, mean, I got to have a dentist call me every now and then when it's time for my cleaning. You know, I mean, they put me on the schedule board and I put it in my phone, but I don't think about it again. <laughs> but either that text or whatever that is that comes through and says, hey, man, it's time to do that. Oh, yeah, I better get that done. You know, and so it, it puts that on and it takes that stress or whatever off the customer. Some people are disciplined enough to have a schedule and keep it and, and do that. But reality is life is that life and stuff happens and we forget about those little things. Mm -hmm. So then also to go along with that question, we do offer, you know, the commercial maintenance plan. So what benefits as a, as a business owner and being a business owner, would you say you gain from being on a commercial maintenance plan? Right. I think it's one of those deals, uh, depending on your, your, type of business that you're running um you want your employees to come to a place that's comfortable to work right you want them to be able to come and perform whatever it is that their tasks are for the day and, and be able to do that or if you have uh let's just say a restaurant or something like that and and their system goes down well their customers are coming in and it's it's hot in there or it's super cold and it's not a pleasant place to be right that, that obviously it's either going to turn off customers or it's going to turn off employees that man this this thing never works, you know, and just being able to, to know that there's that peace of mind. Um, obviously, you know, there's operation costs as well. Um, owning a business and looking at, at numbers all the time is what does this cost? What's this costing of us this? And most people don't understand that their HVAC system is a majority of their utility cost, right? And if, if it's these simple things of cleaning the coils, which we do in those uh, commercial maintenance ones, uh, changing those filters, keeping that up, and keeping those operation costs down. Well, at the end of the day, those just land back at the bottom bottom line on that. So, um, so from now on, we're going to let Steve go first because he said what I was going to say. Um, Me too. Yeah. yeah. So from now on, Richard, he goes last, and oh. then he can figure <laughs> okay. something yeah. out because. Um, <laughs> Iron those yeah, yeah. Going. I'm yeah. Going. no, yeah. I, 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 I finally let him go first. Yeah, and then we're gonna, yeah. I'm so, gonna next gonna time you think about doing that, you need to check with us too uh, first because that can't happen ever again. Please let know. me start on commercial maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, you know, like Steve said, I mean, he did. He hit a nail on a head. I mean, most commercial buildings, 32% of your energy consumption is your, your HVAC systems. Um, there's a chart that we use from the Department of Energy, and 32% your HVAC, 25% your lights, and everything else gets divvied in for everything else. So, you know, when I'm sitting down and I'm talking to a, a business owner, it's one of those I'm letting them know that even though your lights are turned off, you're still trying to maintain temperature inside your building, you know. Um, <clears throat> you know, and it is too, I mean, especially in the heating season, you know, it's not only maintaining something comfortable for your customers and employees, but there's a safety factor. Um, so you've got carbon monoxide, you have to worry about the whole nine. So, you know, when we go out and do stuff, we make sure we run a CO test on each each piece of equipment to make sure it's operating safely, not only for the customers, but the employees as well. Um, and I think too, it, it takes that, again, to reiterate, Steve, don't, seriously, don't let them go first because it's just, just it's repeating everything. Um, I got another one too. I'm going to keep it in my back pocket. I will throw that out yeah. there here in a second. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure Skyler doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah. um, but part we, of that is these chairs are hard. So yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get it out and so we can. Yeah. And I think the other thing is, is that we take that headache off of um, the business owner and we schedule everything for them. You know, we, we call the home or the business owner in advance, say, hey, it's that time. Can we come out? We get it taken care of. And that's that way. We don't have to worry about going man, I don't feel like I've seen them in a while. Is it, is it time? Do I need to call them? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? As a business owner, right? I mean, Steve, you can attest, you've got a lot on your plate. The last thing you want to worry about is, is, you know, you got a maintenance program. Am I supposed to call them? Am I, it gets put by the wayside. So, you know, that's one thing for us is, is we make sure we take a lot of that headache off their plate and apparently we like headaches we have a lot of excedrin and stuff here in the office so yeah. we would take that it's all in your desk it is <laughs> it's, it's every pathetic. time you're not here i know exactly where to go i go <laughs> yeah. right for yeah, yeah. bottom drawer baby yeah yeah uh oh it's my turn yeah uh man for me i guess I, I, right i i know quite a bit about you know kind of what goes into the commercial the commercial maintenance and stuff like that and obviously i don't have an extensive background in you know commercial maintenance i've never done i've never been a maintenance tech nothing like that but to me just thinking if you know if it was me the bottom line is most businesses aren't open on the weekend or mm -hmm. they close down for a week during you know christmas time or the holidays or whatever it is i mean how crappy of a feeling would it be for you to come back and your pipes are frozen your building's flooded all because your hvac system didn't work even though no one was there no one knew about it no nothing and then after the holidays or whatever have you after a long weekend you come in and uh man if i just would have changed those filters you know none of this oh, would yeah. ever happen you know i you know my unit tripped out on a you know limit. A, a limit switch and and now everything's flooded and all i had to do was get a little bit of maintenance done i mean i couldn't imagine i've done some pretty dumb stuff in my life but i couldn't imagine you know that that being one of them so that would that would be a pretty hard pill to swallow especially like you said earlier like a, a ten dollar filter would have would have changed everything for us right now yeah. like we have to now we have to replace sheetrock we're doing this we're doing that all all over a ten dollar filter yeah yeah we just had added unexpected expense exactly yeah, absolutely exactly or even a belt right we're talking about commercial buildings and a lot of those are belt driven systems mm -hmm. uh, oh yeah you know losing a belt or something like that on there now, drew i know we've uh, been in the service side we see this all the time right we'll go to a commercial building that's got 10 12 13 rooftop packages units on it and uh, whether we're doing a maintenance or, or whatever it may be the the way that these buildings are designed or a two-story whatever it is um and big open areas they may not realize that a system is down until right? it's too late man and so the system's down and and the tough part about that is the way these buildings are engineered and designed on the hvac side um, that specific unit is designed to heat and cool this specific spot and so if if we're relying on these other two units to help out with that well that's not what they're designed to do so now it causes those things to overwork driving up those costs as well and so i think you know having eyes on that on a on a routine basis kind of helps that situation of of overextending some other pieces of equipment and overworking them while this guy's just sitting there doing nothing so. that or even going along the same lines with that steve where and i know you've seen it where one system goes down one or two systems are trying to pick up the slack and mm -hmm one or two of the ones that are working are now down or frozen over yeah. in, the, in the heating season so now you got one system trying to do the job of three and 
next thing you know, we get a call and they've got no cooling and all three systems are, are down because they didn't catch the first one. They mm-hmm. didn't notice it in time. Yep. So if we look at their average residential home, how much would you guesstimate your heating and cooling system runs in hours per year? I'm going to start with Drew. I'm going to let Steve take this one. <laughs> <laughs> nope, Skyler. 3,000. 3,000. Oh, man. That's what I You know, obviously it depends Dude, on your... What's the over and under on this? Uh, <laughs> I think I'm right. Yeah. Well, I think it's like price is right. You go over it, so you just don't get to play the game. Uh, 3,000 and one, Bob. Uh, 299. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> so, right, I think it's... The price is wrong. So, <laughs> um, I think it depends on the region, right? I mean, obviously, living in the Four Corners area, we, we enjoy all four seasons, right? And so... I think there are certain areas like the Phoenix area, you're going to have a lot, lot longer run times on your ACs. But I think overall average in our region right here is going to be that 3,000 mark. I think we've, we've seen some literature on that. Um, and that's, uh, I believe that's where we're at. Not going to lie. Go I ahead cheated. and open door number three. Yeah. You want a brand new car. <laughs> I cheated. We just went over this. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was, I was closer. I was over 3,000. 3, if you're over, you're out, dude. But uh, he didn't. I think it's so I know, rules. That's what he said. <laughs> I think I was better. I know we've uh, I know we've talked about that number before, so we were all a little bit familiar with it. But uh, I think that's what I'd convey to a homeowner: is if you sit in your house for an hour watching your favorite TV show, pay attention to how much your heater runs during this time of year. Or pay attention in the summertime how much in that hour your air conditioner is running, right? And if it's out of sight, out, out of mind, you're not thinking about it. And then we think about 3,000 hours a year. Um, quick math will run through the figures. That's like 180,000 miles on your car in one year. Mm-hmm. And so if you're good at routine maintenance on your vehicle, that's going to equate to about 36 oil changes. And if you pay the average going price of an oil change, that's going to equate to about about $2,500 worth of oil changes to drive 180,000 miles in one year. And so if we really think about I know our car, our heating and air, air systems are stationary. They don't go anywhere. But when we equate that to, hey, I'm running 60 miles an hour down the road for 180,000 miles in one single year, I think the average person probably puts on 20,000 miles on their vehicle. I don't know. What would you say your average? Yeah, about, about 20. And that's, close. I mean, that's my wife's car running the kids and doing this and doing that, you know. So that's... I, I'm tired of driving at that point, you know, <laughs> 20,000. I'm missing 160. Yeah. Poor furnace. Yeah. yeah. But what's really nice about that, right? You think about that. That's 25, that's 36 times that you've spent in an oil change shop to go in and get your oil changed and then 2,500 bucks. And to say that your maintenance or your HVAC system can be maintained by just having two visits from a professional HVAC company, um, is pretty reasonable. I only need two times a year to have that system fully mm-hmm. gone through and, and fully inspected and checked. Outside of that, obviously, there's some filters and stuff you have to be aware of as a homeowner. But but just to have a professional come in two times a year for that 3,000 hours of operation is pretty reasonable. And if you circle back to, you think about 186,000 miles and don't do a single oil change. That's rough. I wish not come to my house to change my oil. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that'd be, be nice. real nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't even have to bring your equipment in. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. come to you. <laughs> <laughs> Man, please don't pull your furnace. Just show up here. with your furnace, please. Yeah, yeah please, please don't. Did you grab the filter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So. No, I left it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, you know a lot of times we we use that car analogy, right? And and it is you know some of the stuff we talk about is is we go look at these vehicles and we're going to buy a vehicle and, and vehicles aren't cheap anymore, right? But if you're lucky enough to have a garage, you're going to park that vehicle in that nice garage when it's snowing and raining outside and doing that thing, and you're going to go to bed, but the whole time that furnace is running, right? And mm-hmm. you're expecting it to run when you wake up tomorrow morning because I don't want to wake up cold, you know, but we, we often neglect those things. A new system that's been installed, does it need maintenance? If you yes. want it to run. <laughs> <laughs> you buy a new car, would you change your oil on it? 
Yeah. 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 yeah, You would, right? In the first couple months, I guarantee it, depending on how much you drive. Same thing with your system, you know? Um, just because it's new doesn't mean it doesn't it doesn't need maintenance. You don't have to rotate the tires. You don't have to change the tires out after so long. You don't have to you know, you don't you don't have to clean it or wash it or change your brakes or check your brakes or I mean do any of that. Change your spark plugs. I mean just because it's new doesn't mean I mean it, as long as it's getting used, it needs to be maintenance regardless. No matter what it is, that's that goes for anything in life. You know, and I think where we live, right? There's just that whole thing of the every spring that dirt's gonna blow. Right. If you got an AC system, especially if you're not used to having an AC system, you had a you had a swamp cooler or something like that. But you move to AC, we get that that dirt storm every year that comes cotton. around for about three months, or we get cotton. cotton. The guys that live down by cotton. the river, absolutely. And if they're not used to this stuff, that that stuff plugs up that coil, right? And and it can do it real fast, especially when the cotton starts flying. And so stuff like that, that uh, even if it is a new system, um, it still needs eyes on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think like Steve said, I mean, just your natural surrounding stuff that the cotton, the dirt, the whole nine stuff that, you know, especially if you're not used to refrigerated, at least I'll speak for myself. I mean, not having refrigerated air before even coming to here to New Mexico, let me rephrase that, owning a house that had refrigerated air, right? So, but before then, I had no idea. I mean, growing up, we had a, a furnace and then a fireplace like Steve, that was our primary source of heat. Living in the mountains in Colorado, there was no cooling. We didn't need it growing up. There was just never needed it. So coming down here um, after moving here type deal is always had Steve to lean on. No Steve for, geez, oh, how many years? A long time. 20-ish. Yeah. So yeah. if I ever had any questions or anything, I'm calling Steve. But, I mean, it just the nature of where we live with cotton, dirt, the whole nine, it's just impressive how quick it can, just like a filter, it'll, it'll mess your system up. So routine maintenance will definitely help catch that right so even if we went and did a visit and you notice when you're down by the river you notice all that cotton flying this that and the other go take a look at that go see what that outdoor coil looks like and because even then it's still got to be taken care of because we might not have we not we might have went there before the cotton flew or what have you so yeah best best case scenario we get there you know later part of june right when it gets done flying you know because if we it's something we show up, you know, middle of April, early May, the cotton's not flying yet. It starts flying, mm-hmm. you know, whenever. It changes a little bit week to week. But, you know, by the end of June, early July, usually it's done flying, and, and now your stuff's all, you know, covered in cotton. So there's ways to prevent that. And Skyler doesn't need any more ugly sweaters. Yeah. We don't need to come pull a blanket of cotton off your condenser so <laughs> yeah. can have another yeah. sweater. Um, all right, let's uh, – Let's think for a minute. Okay, so with your knowledge that you have of the industry, if you're the homeowner and you're having Robbins come out and check your AC system and you could only pick one component of that system to be checked, what would it be? Furnace for me. What type of year? What time of year is yeah, it? Is it, is it okay, seasonal or how's that work? So let's take that a step further. Not just the piece of equipment, but which component within the piece of equipment would you choose to have checked? Okay, but do I want heat or do I want cooling? You pick. You okay. Pick. You're, okay. I we want get you both to of them. Not just the piece of equipment? Not just the piece of equipment. Whatever. What component inside of it do you want looked at? I need you to check my blower wheel and, you know, my blower motor because without that, you don't have heating or cooling, so... You know, mm-hmm. so I, then, uh, like on a maintenance plan, what do you get with a with that? Why do you want that checked? Um, well, uh, after time, right? If we're not changing our filters, or just over time in general, um, even if you change your filters out all the time, right? You can't catch everything, so that stuff's going to start sticking to uh, to your to your squirrel cage or your you know your blower wheel, your blower housing at that, and it's going to um, it, it after you get that buildup on there you know it's going to cause problems same thing with your motor you start it's going to start over amping itself it'll it'll it's going to burn itself out eventually right um so it, you're better off just not even going that route in the first place and having it cleaned once a year or something of that nature i, I at my house personally i clean mine once a year just to you know because i i've seen the effects that it could cause and then once you don't have one if something were to happen you lose a a louver on your on your on your blower wheel or something like that you're kind of you're kind of screwed even if you work in the industry there's nothing really you can do on the spot you know you're not even rigging anything up or anything of that nature so mm-hmm. um i mean 
dirty blower wheel could cause a, a number of things, but a, a motor is one of the mo more expensive parts on a, on a furnace to get changed out. So any way I could protect that, I mean, that's, that's kind of what you're looking at on your maintenance end of that. And then Drew, in the, in the service department, what are your maintenance techs looking for on a, on a silver or gold membership on our valued customer plan? So <clears throat> on both, I mean, on the gold, I mean, we're going in and we're pulling that blower housing twice a year. Um, and we're cleaning it, that blower wheel, the housing, the motor, the whole nine, as well as, you know, on the heat side, we're pulling the, the burner assembly and we're cleaning all of that, you know, so it all goes into one. AC side, we're, we're cleaning the, both the indoor and outdoor coils, you know, again, on the gold side. So we ensure, like Steve talked about earlier, that airflow side of stuff, you know, um, to make sure that within those boxes parameters that everything is at least clean and free flowing as possible until it hits that pivotal point of the ductwork. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's our main thing. And when we're checking the motors, stuff like that, we're making sure our amperage and our voltages are good. Um, and realistically we're letting it run for a while and then we're making sure our bearings are okay. You know, cause the last thing we want is, is bearings starting to go overheating. And then that motor, like Skylar said, that motor stops working and now we're in trouble. You don't have heating or cooling, you know, there's zero airflow. So I think the component that I would check that I, if, if I knew about heating and air conditioning as a, a customer, mine would be the compressor contactor. Um, right. I, most of the time people probably know they're going to have a heart attack before they have a heart attack. I mean, sometimes it just happens and some people go to the doctor and, and get their cholesterol checked and the doc says, Hey man, you need to eat your vegetables. That just happened to me, by the way, I need some vegetables. <laughs> And you know, it, most it, of them are green too. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. No, there's some. There's can some you eat the white ones, stuff, yeah. the potatoes? <laughs> yeah. right, does, that, does that count? Yeah, it's awfully starch. starchy. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. I mean, it, it's it's one of those deals where if we can prevent our heart, which the compressor being the heart of the system, if we can prevent that from failing um, by the component that controls the voltage going to it. Again, we live in an area that is, is not free from dust and dirt and ants and lizards and mice and snakes. Thanks. And we've seen all kinds of stuff that, that crawl up into these units and, and, and interfere with the electrical components. Scare you. Yeah. You open the panel. When you're expecting a snake. Bees, wasps. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. All of it, right? And so um, <laughs> if that component there is failing or starting to, to go bad, I mean, that's definitely, I'd much rather pay. 120 bucks or eat my vegetables and go have heart surgery right i mean that just doesn't sound like a good day so um for me being in the industry i know what that is and that that's that's one of the things that i'm going to check 100 percent every time if i go out one of these days we'll ch we'll catch on video the the site that everybody needs to see of a six <laughs> foot three 250 pound man running across the roof because wasps are chasing him yeah. It's, it's more than once. More than one time. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. That That is also including into your maintenance plan. That, yes. yeah. You mean that, that the, part's free. The actual show. <laughs> if we damage your roof, we'll take care of it. Yes. You remember yes. that uh, that one that was down there by the Y on the west side, and we did that one? Were you there when we pulled that cooler off, and there was like four wasp nests yeah. in it, and we all... And Bubba went to put the panel back on, and he dropped it. <laughs> yeah. and we, we all took off running, but there was nowhere to go because there was a Five on twelve, two-story pitch roof, <laughs> so, running in circles, <laughs> waving our hands around, acting crazy. Is man, that was not fun. No, no, gosh, no. <laughs> I don't think you told me a component. What do you think? Uh, mine's going to be a capacitor uh, for either the heating or the cooling. If my blower motor has a cap, then same thing. It's it's one of those. It's something that helps provide electricity to either the compressor or the motor um it's like a battery for your car you know you can't go anywhere if your battery's dead so for me it's it's the capacitor something as simple as that can completely cause havoc because it's not it's causing another component to work you know especially the compressors to try to work extra hard because it's either running low or not hot at all so it's overheating so mine's a capacitor it's hard to narrow it down to just one but thinking about it like i care a whole awful lot about my family and uh i know with our maintenance visits we always check carbon monoxide in the heating season so just uh making sure that that thing is drafting properly and being aware of of uh 
especially an older furnace, which any can do it. Any gas burning appliance can cause carbon monoxide. So on those maintenance visits, just if a technician was the only thing he could do, come in and check and make sure I, I didn't have carbon monoxide, that my family was safe, I think that would mean a lot to me. So. Mm-hmm. I had a way to make the rest of us look bad. We all went with comfort. <laughs> He's all, well, I want to make sure my family's safe first and yeah. foremost. I'm like, oh. I just want to yeah. protect my heart. That was, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, that was a good yeah. one. Yeah. Alright. Just to wrap everything up, what do you see as we go out and do maintenance visits, especially on these systems we've kind of talked about that have been neglected? Uh, what do we, what do we do differently that you've seen that you know either a homeowner or other companies don't do? Um, well, like I said before, I think what we do differently is on the service side, and I know install too. I mean, our our main goal when we go into any call is to ensure the customer knows more about their system before when we leave, before when we got there. So as technicians, our main goal is yes, to go in and figure out why it's not working on a demand call or maintenance to make sure everything's working correctly. But, you know, I think the biggest thing for us is, is making sure the customer understands exactly what they've got. Just because we put it in doesn't necessarily mean that they truly understand because, and you guys do a great job, Richard, on your side, explaining everything, but it's always good to hear multiple times, you know, before something really sinks in, you know, so you know, our biggest thing is when we go into a maintenance program or if you're in a maintenance program or something, we come in, our guys inform and educate you as far as what your system does, how it works, where and how to change your filter. You know what I mean? Because if we come in every six months or so and that filter's completely hammered, hey, just as a heads up, you might want to try every three months at this point. And here's how you do it. You know what I mean? So I think for us, that's the biggest thing is, is just to inform and educate. Um, because, you know, the more information a customer has, homeowner has, business owner has on their system, the better, the better it is in general, you know, because in the end, sometimes that can help us as service techs too, you know, Hey, this unit, which is right above here, we got 15 RTUs on the roof. This one's not working. Now I got to try and figure out which thermostat goes to what and this, that, and the other. But if the customer knows and we've labeled stuff and, Hey, RTU seven is down. Yeah, okay. Now that saves my technician some time trying to figure out what unit is not working type deal. So, go ahead. You want me to jump in? Yeah, you go first. I think uh, like one of the one of the differences that I've seen um, that we do is it it may not necessarily be in the home, right? We do a, a lot of training uh, with our guys. We do a lot of training in the field. We bring them in the office. We do training here. We have uh, training stations that we put them on. Um, so don't get me wrong. I'm a blue-collar guy, right? And I like to fix and repair and do do that stuff. If I don't have to pay somebody to do it, I'll do it. Um, but there are those instances where it might have been a little cheaper had I just had somebody else do that, right? Um, because they, they know how to do it, and, right? A time-consuming side of it as well. Um but yeah, I, I think the, the added extra training that we put into our, not only our technicians, but our installers, our office staff, our sales department, um, our managers, I think that's one of the deals that, that kind of, it's hard to put that in a dollar amount as far as what, what you could charge for that. Um, and being able to, to have those guys go out into the field with the confidence and knowing on, on how they work on these systems is beneficial all the way across, not just to them and then providing for their families, but the the customers that they come in contact with. Um, they can have that confidence knowing that this guy's got investment behind him. He's got some experience. He's got some time built into understanding and perfecting his craft. I think for us, you know, we kind of pride ourselves on our training and getting these guys to, to be able to be their best. So, Well, I think with that, you know, that training leads into – what we can then offer the customer, right, is my, my six-year-old, my, my daughter. You could, you know, any person could not have a care about anything mechanical, not want to touch their heating and cooling system, but they could change a filter. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody can change a filter. And I think as far as that training goes, then we set these guys up with, these technicians up with, uh, 
instruments and tools and knowledge to go out and go above and beyond. Check this and know what it means. If I get a bad reading on a motor, this is what I know what it means. You know, if I get a bad reading here, or I, I can understand that there's a problem and, and this is how it needs to be addressed. And so that's, for me, that's what I've seen as far as how we approach that maintenance differently than, than others is it's, we're not there just to do what a homeowner can do, you know, mm -hmm. say hi, change a filter and get out where, you know, we're going to really dig through that system, go through a complete, you know, 20 plus point inspection. I don't know what the exact number 26 is. 26 and up. Yeah, so 26 point and, and beyond, depending on your plan level, you know, and really dig in and check all those components and, and find find those problems before they could become big problems. So. Mm -hmm. I think for me it would, uh, uh, right, you spoke on maintenance and things of that nature, and Steve kind of touched on this, but I think it's the, the, the culture that we've created here, right? <clears throat> we've created... And through our hiring process and all that jazz, um, we, we've got guys that are just full of integrity all the time, right? They're not there to be your salesman. They're not there to do anything. Like, if your dog gets out, our guys are not just going to let it run away, right? They're going to go tackle it and choke it out like a, like a, like a, <laughs> like you should, <laughs> like, <laughs> bring you know, it back like the average, like you would do if you were home. So, but, uh, uh, no, but in all seriousness, like, I, I mean, I've been there countless times and, and watched our guys go above and beyond, right? Um, you're opening a furnace closet, something like that. The door squeaks, the hinges not working properly. The door doesn't latch good, whatever the fact may be. The guys are going to stop, take five minutes out of their day and fix it. And they'll probably never tell you about it. And you may never know about it, but it, I mean, it did get done. And it, and like Steve was kind of saying earlier, it's hard to put a dollar amount on that. Um, and I think that's, that's a test to, a. a the security you get whenever you know you how we stand out versus other companies not saying that those guys are bad but i can guarantee that they don't put the time and the effort and the training and the and and you know try to try to give these guys the skill set like like we do so um i i think that, that that's got to set us apart from from any other company so final thoughts i'm gonna get it last I think the biggest thing is, is <clears throat> like kind of with the maintenance and stuff like that is, is making sure your HVAC system is on the forefront, much like your vehicle, just changing that perception of it's not just a box. You know what I mean? It provides a lot more than that. So for me, it's a matter of just changing that perception and, you know, get that thing maintained. Yeah. If you're, I mean, if it doesn't matter if you use a forced air system, a radiant heat system, it doesn't matter if you have a swamp cooler or a, a 21 sear condenser on, on refrigerated, it doesn't matter. It needs maintenance regardless, right? Swamp cooler more than anything. But, um, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, sometimes it, it'll cost you a lot less money. It's a lot less painless, you know, if you, uh, if you just pay attention, pay attention to that filter, pull your filter out. If you haven't, you know, and for some reason you listen to this, pull your filter out and check it and be like, Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe, you know, at least we change something and you know, we might save you thousands of dollars at the end of the day. So it's, it's definitely something to think about. Yeah. I'd say my final thoughts would be kind of along those same lines. I, like Steve mentioned, I, I like to do some stuff myself and, and partly because I kind of grew up that way too. You know, my, my family, we didn't, we didn't have a lot of money. Um, but my dad also was the type that if he could do it, he would do it. And sometimes it turned around and bit him and it costs a lot more <laughs> in the long run to do it yourself than let somebody do it for you. Um, and so I think as I grew up with a more of a penny pincher, um, mentality, you start to push those, expand your mental and, and understand that sometimes you can pay somebody to do something more than what you can do, and it's definitely worth the cost. And so for me, final thoughts would be just, you know, there's other things, yes, you can spend your money on besides maintaining your heating and air system. You can buy the next game controller. You can, whatever you're into, right, you can take that money. Um, but it's not well spent. For me, I understand that now that, spending my money wisely to maintain something that in the long run will save me money is is huge and so my final thoughts are i think it just it doesn't matter 
it's not so much the cost it's it's what you're getting from the service that helps you in the long run so. i think for me i mean we mentioned it earlier about the the cost it is to operate the system we can all agree that the utility companies bills are not going down if anything they're and they're necessarily skyrocketing is that what was said once yeah. upon a time <laughs> yeah um it, it's one of those deals where utility costs are just going to keep increasing right and um you know depending on the system you, know, you can you can pay for it once you know if we were going to change the system if you choose to go with a higher sear rating um or a higher efficiency furnace or, or ac or whatever it is um there is that initial cost up front um but it doesn't matter at the end of the day, we're going to continue to pay those utility costs. And maintenance is going to be one of those things that we can control how much of those utility costs we pay. Obviously, we're talking about systems and airflow and, and filters and stuff like that. Um, I don't want to pay more to the gas company or to the electric company or whatever it is. But the result of me not doing the maintenance on it is, is that's exactly what I'm choosing to do, whether I, you know, consciously do that or not. Um, and the other thing is one of those deals where we tell people that their system should last about 20 years. Um, now, don't get me wrong. There's some systems out there that we pull out that are 50 plus years old, some right? Old ones, yeah. Old school um, ones. And it's, uh, it's one of those deals where um, those ones that are in there for 40 years, those were very diligently taken care of. And you can tell that when you go to pull it out. Um, they're clean as the day that they bought them. Yeah, exactly. Furnace a little closet, bit of fading. Clean, that's about it. Yeah, and yeah. so um, it, it can be extended, right? I mean, if you look at the uh, warranties and stuff like that in the industry, you know, a couple of the manufacturers on some of their higher end stuff have lifetime heat exchangers, lifetime compressors. Um, but generally, it, it cuts off at twenty year heat exchanger, ten year parts, and so when you're looking at some of this stuff and understanding how much is it going to cost me to do this, that, or the other maintenance is going to be one of those deals. that's going to save you in the end. You know, if you can buy another five, 10 years out of your system, as opposed to having to swap it out every 10 years, that's, that's a big, big dollar amount that people can, can put to doing whatever they want, right? Stuff they like to do. All right. So officially concluding our podcast, number one with Drew, Skylar, Steve, and I, and hit, Join us back here for the next one whenever that happens. Stay tuned. Wahoo. Robin's Wahoo. Podcast number one. Robin's Podcast. Hell yeah. First ever. One of those